Welcome to SOMC Leadership on the Go, the podcast that brings you lifelong learning and leadership development wherever you are. Today, we continue down the path of becoming more effective leaders in the realm of service. This series has been special in the amount of practical information it has included for current and future leaders on this topic, and today's episode certainly produces the same. So come along as we dig into some of the challenges leaders face in their pursuit of excellent service leadership. Hello, my name is Brady Carter, and I'm so glad you've joined us today on SOMC Leadership on the Go. As a listener, you share the same passion we do for leadership, and you also join us in the task of continuously becoming better at it, better leaders, and specifically today, better in the arena of service. With that task, something helpful for me to remember is that I'm not the leader today that I will be tomorrow. Uh, If my goal is to become the best, it's helpful to understand and remind myself that today I'm not the best. So with that serving of humble pie, I want to introduce today's guest um, so we can dig into some of those challenges that exist on this road to becoming the best. Uh, We have with us today Brad Zieber. Brad, I'm glad you've joined us. I'm eager to hear from you on this topic. But first, uh, would you care to introduce yourself and what you do here at SOMC to our listeners? Yes. Thank you, Brady, for having me on today. Um, My name is Brad Zebra. I'm Director of Community Health and Wellness at SOMC. With that role, I'm actually over three different departments here at SOMC. Um, We have our Life Center Fitness and Wellness Facilities. We also have the Athletic Training Department and our Community Health Department. Uh, I've been here um, at SOMC going on 20 years. Actually, I'll be 20 years here in a couple months. Um, So I started off as a personal trainer here and worked my way up to the director. Yeah, thanks for that, Brad. I'm sure depending on where people are, some of those areas mean more uh, to them than others. And for me, I definitely frequent the Life Center and you guys do a fantastic job out there. So thanks for introducing yourself. Brad, some of the discussion we will have today certainly centers around the more challenging aspects of service leadership. Uh, But before we get into that, um, now that we have an idea of the areas you do lead, just as a general overview, how would you say you and your teams approach the concept of service? Well, I mean, with the concept of service, it kind of, it's a lot different in our, in our realms with the different, the three different departments I'm over because people come to us because they choose to come to us with the the podcast that we just got, you guys just got done one with Terry Greenhill and, and Corey Hicks. I mean, being in the emergency department, sometimes their patients don't get to choose. They they've got to go there and they got to go there now yeah. But with ours. I mean, they, they have to choose us. I mean, there's, there's a gym on every other corner, it seems like. So why would they choose us over the next gym? Or why would they come to us, you know, over our competitors? And service is the key. Everybody has the benches, everybody has, you know, the weights and stuff like that. But what what do we provide to our members that maybe another gym doesn't? And service is the number one key to that. And, you know, we got to make sure our, our members are you know, they feel like family when they come in. I know it sound kind kind of sounds a little touche or whatever, but it it's true. You know, when our members come in, they, you know, greeting them as soon as they walk in the door, telling them have a good day, or, you know, we'll see you tomorrow. And it makes them realize that, you know, we, we do appreciate them. We do appreciate them coming in and, and, and enjoying our services that we have for them. And it truly is when you have a member that, you haven't seen forever. And then they walk in and the first thing your, your employee says, where have you been? We've missed you. Then, you know, you found that connection with that member or 
and vice versa. A member says, where have you been if you were on vacation? And you know, that, that frontline staff wasn't there for a week. That's when you really know that you've made that connection and that service with that, with that member that hopefully we're doing better than our competitors at, because I mean, like I said, they, they had, they can choose anywhere to go. They don't have to come to us, but we're going to make sure that our service out outdoes everybody else's. So they do choose us. And that that's with the life center part of it. Now you look at the athletic trainer or the community health part of it with our athletic trainings, we, they'd still have a choice. They have a choice to go somewhere else if, you know, they get hurt, but building that, that trust that our athletic trainers have to have um, with the parents and the athletes and knowing that, you know, those parents and athletes know that, you know, this athletic trainer is telling you what you should do because they truly care for that athlete. And uh, that's, I use the whole phrase, you know, our members are like our families. Well, our, our athletic trainers feel like these athletes are their kids. I mean, they really do. They want them on the field or on the court just as bad as mom and dad do. But we've got to build that that trust part of our service with the athletes and their parents. So they trust us to tell them where to go, what to do, what's the next steps, what's the best process. And sometimes that's not the best thing that the parents want to hear when, you know, the, the trainer says, no, you're, you can't go in, you're, you're out the rest of the game. But if you built that trust with that athlete and that parent, they're going to be like, that's right. They said, no, we, we trust them on, on making sure it's the best decision for that athlete. And then with our community health department, I think of this as it's a choice for them too. For example, our um, smoking sensation program, these people are coming in to, you know, stop a horrible habit they have with smoking. It's going to be an extreme challenge for them. And they have to build that trust with that person that they're going to help them every step of the way. And that is, you know, that's the part of service. I think in the three different departments that I lead, it's that trust. It's that, you know, part of the family kind of feeling that they have when they come in and walk in the door. Cause like I said, they're choosing us. They could go anywhere on, on some of these services, but they, they came to us because we're going to provide them with the absolute best that we can. I think that's a fantastic perspective, Brad, for anybody who's considering uh, service leadership as a concept, but especially um, your colleagues here, uh, including myself in healthcare, which which isn't quite probably exactly where you are yet in terms of how much of a choice it is to uh, utilize your services, um, but it's getting there. I mean, it's becoming more saturated. Uh, there are the options are increasing, especially depending on where you live. Um, and so thank you for for that perspective and for sharing it. And I absolutely think you are on to something there with keying in on trust and, and the trust between what you offer, the services you offer, and the folks who are coming there to uh, receive those services. So uh, that's awesome stuff. As we continue here, I want to talk about uh, a specific challenge that most leaders face in the task of becoming the best at service leadership, and that's complacency. And complacency has always been an interesting pitfall to me. One reason is uh, is for the danger of, that, of falling into complacency is sometimes related to the task at hand. And you really, you kind of touched on this a lot. Just for example, if you're talking about security and safety, 
you might be naturally more likely to avoid becoming complacent. There's a level of proactiveness that comes along with ensuring something is both safe and secure, especially if you you care about that thing or that thing's important or value. However, other areas, and I think sometimes service is included in this, uh, the danger of complacency is just naturally more real. And in the line of work that many here at SOMC find themselves in, one might say, well, people need healthcare, and and that will always be the case, and people get sick, and and they're going to come to us. And this state of mind is really a slippery slope that might lead to a growing lack of concern for that excellent service, for letting that trust that you so uh, wonderfully described there start to slip, and and really just defined as complacency on the subject as a whole. So my first question on on the challenging aspect of this topic for you is a tough one for sure. How do you keep from growing complacent in the area of service? Yeah. So, I mean, with, like we, we talked about, you know, in the beginning here that, you know, that trust from our, our, the people that come and see us because they chose us. It's, it's our duty growing nature of, of fitness and wellness is, is never ending. It's always changing. There's always something new, always something better out there, but when it comes down to it, there's always those staples that happen when with, with fitness. So we, you know, you have those staples of fitness, but at the same time, those staples of fitness don't fit and work for everybody. So, you know, each person, when they come in to start their fitness journey, they have different goals. They have different ideas of how the journey is going to look. And we have to be prepared for them to meet their goals and meet their ideas every day. Every day somebody comes in, it's somebody new. And, you know, when, when they come in to start their fitness journey, they want to start right then and there. We don't want them to put it on the back burner. Then, you know, the best time to, to get started is when that motivation is high and when they're wanting to start. So having that variety that when you come into a life center to, you know, whether it be the weights part, the cardio, the part, the group fitness part, maybe it's the basketball or the pickleball. We need to have it there for them when they come in, because that is the time they want to do it. And that that's what keeps us from being placed you know, making sure we are prepared for anybody that comes in the door and what their goals or what their ideas of their fitness goals are going to be and making sure that we have ourselves ready to go that way they can get started on their on their fitness journey. And then talking about like maybe my community health team, it, it's the same concept. We, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the smoking sensation. This person made this huge commitment, this horrible habit of smoking, and now they've made that commitment. I want to stop. I need help. Well, when they call and say, I want to stop, I need help, we need to be ready for them. There's no time of saying, oh, we'll get you here in a couple months. No, they're not coming back. We want to say, all right, let's go. Here's your first appointment with us. Let's get this journey started. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. When I look at those two departments, the Life Center and Community Health, it's we're at the need of the people that come in. So we've always got to be on our toes and always have the, the next, you know, I don't say the next greatest thing, but the next thing in that person's health journey ready for them. You know, whether it be, all right, they, they come in, they're just wanting to start off basic and get started of walking on the treadmill. Great. Here, let me show you how to get the treadmill going. Or, all right, I'm making the commitment, short-term goal, mid-goal, and long-term goal of my fitness journey. I need your help to get me going. How can we do it? So 
and every person, like I said, comes in is completely different. So there's never one cookie cutter answer that, you know, we give every day to people because they're coming in and of all ages, they're coming in all health ranges. Some of them are coming, you know, post-surgery, some are coming off which is great here, you know, with cardiac rehab and, you know, maybe they're just finished up cardiac rehab. So now they're ready to, to roll onto the outside of the classroom and, and start this journey on their, on themselves. And I think that's, that's what helps myself with it. My team, I mean, every day, it, it, there's never a, a day that's the same here because like I said, everybody comes in with different goals and different ideas and, and different dreams of their fitness journey. And we just need to make sure we're prepared for that. And I think that's what, really helps keep me and my team from being complacent and just rolling through the motions because it's not the same for everybody. And we've got to be prepared for that. Yeah, I, I know for sure I could not have come up with a better strategy to combat complacency than to focus on preparedness. You're certainly never as prepared as you could be. And so having a focus on that and whatever the challenge is in front of you, whether it's complacency and service or whatever it may be, that's going to ensure you are ready when when the time comes. Um, so I really appreciate that. That is uh, some excellent practical advice. Brad, you've been an awesome guest so far. I'm excited to uh, about the content that our listeners get to take into their roles today. We talked about a really big challenge just now in service and complacency, and you you gave some really practical, great advice. But it's certainly not the only challenge leaders face in the arena of service leadership. And to that conversation, the list is very long. So in considering the work you do and the work your teams accomplish, what you've talked to us about today, what is the biggest service challenge you face and, and what strategies do you utilize to meet that challenge? With myself and my my role here at SOMC and being in over three different departments, you think all oh, three different departments, that's not that's not horrible. A lot of people do that. And it's it's not horrible at all. But the challenge I have is my departments are spread out all over the place. That's the biggest challenge. Uh, my life centers, we got three life centers, three different buildings, three different staffing patterns at all three buildings. My athletic trainers is probably the biggest service challenge when it comes to servicing myself as a leader to them, because they're 13 of them in 16 different contracted schools throughout five different counties and then on top of that, they're in the ortho office. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's it's extremely difficult. And I, I guess I'm going with this is I think my the service to my employees of rounding with them is my biggest challenge I have purely because we are so spread out. We've got at the different life centers, even though we're the same department, all, like I said, all three buildings run a little bit different, but at the same time, we need to make sure my rounding and, and my communication to them is the same. No matter if I'm here in Portsmouth, where I, I see the people every day, or if it's my employees in Lucasville, my employees in Berg, they got to realize that rounding and the communication that I do with them needs to be no different than in person that I have here. And that, I guess that's the same thing I'm, I'm getting with with my athletic trainers as well. Some of them I might not physically see for months, but knowing my goal in rounding and communication is letting them know that if I'm not reaching out to you and you need something, I'm right here. 
I mean, phone call away, text away, whatever it might be. And what I've tried to do or my strategies to, you know, try to make sure I'm maybe in-person rounding or at least picking up the telephone to them is I put it on my calendar. Literally every week I have go round in ortho because I know when I go over to ortho, they're going to be four, maybe even five ATs working that office that day and just simply going over there and saying, hey, how's it going today? Can I do anything for you today? Or, you know, anything going or, hey, I know we had this problem before. Did we get it fixed? Everything working now? Stuff like that. And no, I'm not going to be able to make it out to all 16 of the schools at three o'clock when they're having basketball practice to, to find mine. But looking at that time when I can catch as many people as I can at once when they are spread out as much as they are. And then with our Wheelersburg and Lucasville Life Center, it is, it's usually, I try to make a phone call to each one of those departments at least a couple of times a week. It might just be picking up a phone call and say, hey, everything going okay? Do you need anything? Or it might be, hey, we know we got this problem or, hey, I know you ordered this and I called them, it's on back order, but don't worry. They said it'll be delivered by this day. Just making sure they're in the loop all the time with the communication and making sure that everybody knows what's going on. And one thing that I've, I've done and I really tried to do with my leadership team is, put communication in the forefront into those two departments, making sure that anything that's going on, they know about. And we, we've done a great job with our athletic training. Every Sunday night or Monday morning, they get a, we have the app group me, they'll get a message of everything that's going on in the office that day or what is needed and maybe at one of the schools. So when they come in Monday morning, they know exactly what their week is going to be, whether it be, oh, this provider is now in surgery, they won't be in office that day. So that AT knows, don't worry about coming in the office that day, the provider they're working with is going to be in surgery. So they know what their week's going to look like, and they're not really blindsided by it. And that was something that we we really struggled um, with in the past with our athletic trainers and our, our leadership team. And I really put effort on them to make sure communication is, is key for them, especially with the ATs, like I said, are all over the place that that simple message of saying, Hey, this is what we got going on this week. Everybody's in the know then, and nothing's blindsided by them. And then with my life center crew, every Friday, we do a weekly wrap up email and everybody gets it. And that what it is, it wraps up everything from this week. You know, maybe, maybe we change something up when we sell something or some process was changed. So that'll be in that email. Plus it gives them a heads up for next week. Hey, don't forget this new class is starting in Wheelersburg and we're going to have a specialty class in Portsmouth on this day. And in some cases, you know, we might have to, or say, please go back and read that email on that policy change with all the new steps. That way it's a second reminder for them to, you know, look at that email that came in earlier that week. So that is, I think I kind of, went two different ways on that answer on your Brady, but rounding is the challenge. And I think I took the rounding as part of the communication and then just making sure you have that communication or that in-person rounding constantly going with your staff. And especially when they your, your staff is all over the place, like, like mine is. And cause that's going to make them feel better about knowing what's going on and not feel like they're in the dark, especially when you're, you know, come into the office or come into the life center. No, Brad, I, I think what you've done is just successfully identified, you know, a, a very complex and real leadership challenge 
um, that touches uh, anything we are trying to do better. And and service is absolutely one of those things. You know, you have a a whole entire team that exists in different areas, and and sometimes is. Uh, trying to accomplish the same thing, whether it would be a fitness center and uh, sometimes isn't, you know, whether it would be your athletic trainers and rounding and keeping that open communication and the boat rowing in the same direction is certainly a challenge for the leader. And you gave some awesome practical uh, advice for uh, how to respond to that and how to face that. So I, I, I want to thank you for joining us again today, Brad, one final time and and your willingness to discuss some of the more difficult aspects of this effort. So thank you for that, Brad. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, having me on today. Yeah. Listeners, one important thing Brad has reminded us today is that even though we face challenges, and we certainly do, and we will continue to, whatever they are and however daunting, we are not left without something to do in the face of them. There's always something or some direction or some area of focus for the leader to start on. And like in any other endeavor, leadership is no different. The leader is going to be as effective and successful in facing this challenge as they've prepared to be. It is directly proportional. And the aim of today's episode and this series is to help ourselves and you, our listeners, be even just slightly more prepared in your efforts to become the best. Listeners, I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. I'm leaving it more prepared to face the real challenges of service leadership. I hope you feel the same. Thanks to everyone who has listened, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this additional outlet of SOMC's leadership culture, please like and subscribe to receive future episodes. Lastly, if you have a topic you'd like to see discussed on this podcast, please send us an email at somcontheco at somc.org. Thanks for listening today, and we hope to see you again next time.